Skunk it. So, you know how, like, lists are a thing at you, the end of every year? You like them? Is that what you just said? No, I said, you know how lists are oh, a thing. <laughs> Admittedly, I could have worded it better. You know how lists are a thing was how the, the, yeah, <laughs> I decided to go. I've, I've indulged You're in familiar with the concept yeah. of a list. A list. The end of the year, everybody bloody loves to be like, these are my top ten movies, yes. And they list them. Like, see, because we live in the, the United Kingdoms. So we get movies yeah. a little bit later sometimes. Yeah. How do you feel about, like, when you put, you know, you're putting together a list? Like, say, so we just we got, uh, say we got like Manchester by the Sea, or we saw La La Land. Aye. So so we got La La Land in 2017. Aye. So if you love that movie enough, at the end of 2017, you'll be like, La La Land was my number one movie. But then there'll be all these people who are like, that's wrong because La La Land came out in 2016, and then you'll be like, not in Britain. It didn't. How, what's your thoughts I on? think it's entirely regional. Because, regional. I think it's entirely regional because, yeah, because because otherwise La La Land, if you really, really liked it, it would never make any list. That's it. Because at the end of 2016, you've made your top 10 films of 2016. Then you watch La La Land and you go, well, it can't go on that list and yeah. it can't go on next year's. No, it's entirely regional. It's entire like, I, I, it just has to be. Like, I put... Um, uh, last year, not 2016, 2015. I put Whiplash as my film of the year. I yeah, but like Whiplash would have been made for the American list. Yeah. It would have made it the year before. Because I remember even as early as like October, in the year before, listening to podcasts and people were talking about like how good Whiplash was because it felt like it'd been out in America for fucking ages, and we only got it in February. <clears throat> but yeah, no, that was on my own as well. I was just curious, just because like, I've like I've seen like a good bunch, like batch of stuff already in the past like for the first two weeks but it's all things that have kind of been out in america uh, for a while so it was like well they they get what they would describe as like the january dryness where it's just well, like, that's it yeah where, whereas january. january for like us that's that's like the award season uh, stuff so that's when we get it you generally get not necessarily great movies but you get well made at uh, the very least you get what's supposed like what's supposed to be the contenders saying that though of all like of the stuff I've seen this year so far, the only thing that's not been good is Assassin's Creed. That was bad. And I also wasn't a big fan of Ben Affleck's new movie. Come on, Ben. Get your shit together. <laughs> but <laughs> I've not seen either. I was uh, excited to see Assassin's Creed because mm. I thought Michael Fassbender. But like, apparently, like as soon as one person was like, nah, it's not that good. It's like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I don't care enough about the games. I don't care enough about the film to be that bothered yeah like i was excited when it was first announced but now we're here now we've heard it's crap it's like why fuck it who cares yeah there's no point you don't, uh, don't want to waste your time uh, it's just it's just another bad video game film yeah but yeah i was just curious because i literally saw la la land this morning um so and i was like oh th- this is this is good i can see why lots of people had it on their lists uh, last year I, not that i'm saying i would have but i'm like i couldn't because of the bloody Distribution it's, nonsense. Aye, it's nonsense. Damn Americans getting everything first. They ain't so much better than us. Uh, just because they made the film. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Generally, we'd be a bit miffed if they got like Train Spotting 2 before us. We'd be like, come on. <laughs> I think that's why we get all the Marvel films first. Partly to build up hype for when it gets the American release, but we a lot of the Marvel stuff is filmed in Britain. Yeah. A lot of the Disney stuff's filmed in Britain. See, they're making, they're shooting 
uh, Avengers in Glasgow. Yeah. Fucking mate, what if you're walking down the street and you see Tony Stark in an Iron Man suit? That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. <laughs> I might even give him a high five. Speaking of, this is a, we're already off on a, a wee thing. Like I watched, I rewatched Trainspotting because I want to see Trainspotting two, and right. I was like, I should rewatch the first one. How much is it about Trainspotting? Right, it is. So it's set in Edinburgh. Right. Huge, huge. I'd say more of it is shot in Glasgow. Yeah. So many, even just like minuscule shots. Right. There's a bit in the film where it's just like a total cut where Hugh McGregor breaks the window of a car and steals something out of it. It's in an un- it's in like this underpass bit. I walk through that to get to and from your flat <laughs> every time. <laughs> and it just caught me. I was like, whoa. And then the bar where um Begbie throws the pint glass Aye, over, that's the, a bar over the balcony. I've been in that bar. Aye, um, that's a famous bar in Glasgow. And then uh, uh, the club that they're in, I can't remember the name of it, but the club where he meets the underage girl. Yeah. And they walk outside. That's also in Glasgow. But that's not a club anymore. It's now, I think it's a big office or something All right. like that. But yeah. See, I've not seen Trainspot in a long time. So, like, I. Neither would, did I until I rewatched I'd it. I've not, like, I've not <clears> watched it since I've moved to Glasgow. So, it won't have been as obvious for me um, the last time I watched it. But it probably worth a rewatch just to see that. Yeah. Like, I, I saw Under the Skin before I properly moved to Glasgow. So, even that must be bizarre just to see that Under was, the Skin. Yeah, there was a shot in, there's a shot in Under the Skin. It's just, it's just a GV of Glasgow. And I remember watching the cinema and I was like, oh, I, I walked around that corner to get to the cinema. That <laughs> <laughs> is weird. Yeah. I just thought it was weird that Scarlett Johansson walked past the Greggs and was on, <laughs> on, a, on a stage co- uh, stagecoach bus. Celebrities don't eat at Greggs. No. Yeah. That's, no. Believability. That's what we need to do the skin. <laughs> um, but we've already went, we've had about three different conversations in the space of six minutes. Do you yeah. want to... Shall I introduce? Shall, let's get this gravy train. There we go. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. <laughs> Specifically <I'm... laughs> for cows, apparently. <laughs> it's catered. My, my name is Danny Jones. <laughs> and with me, my co-host, self-proclaimed cow, Scott Morrison. <laughs> Can't wait to watch them movies just the same Ooh. joke you made <laughs> um yeah we're just gonna do a little just a little round up yeah just the a year. retrospective we tried we did a great one last year if you remember rightly we oh stunning oh one it was last brilliant it, it made me cry i'd say it's the best episode we've ever recorded Aye, it was brilliant and then after we'd been recording for an hour realized that it had stopped after 10 minutes <laughs> So, we talked about some gold. We went to some deep places. We we actually solved a lot of life's problems. And I loved that episode because we didn't even do... Like, we did... What was it? The top 10 films you cannot remember. I, that, was, so that was both great because remember. we got to sit and talk about films we'd forgotten about. But it was also really difficult because the whole point of it was that we couldn't remember the films. <laughs> so, like, I remember the first one was Trash. And I was like, I remember I saw it. Yeah. It's definitely a movie. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was interesting because um, not so much this year, uh, the 2016, because like we were so busy and stuff. Mm. And, but I, me specifically, I did not see as many films. But 2015, I saw so many yeah, films we, in the yeah, cinema. We, fucking, we, we, we went so it, often, and it was just interesting to look back at it and just see. Like I think it was the Salvation. Was it the Salvation? We talked about that film, and it was like a Western film. Oh fuck! See, <laughs> even there, I was like, "What is he on?" About? And I remember, yeah, I remember at the end of 2015, I was like, "Do you remember seeing that film?" And you were like. Oh, fuck yeah. It was kind of interesting to... Like, we'd seen so many films that there were films we'd forgotten about. It's even... I think that's it. I think if it's... It tends... You remember things like fucking... 
Star Wars because you see Star Wars and everybody's talking about it. And so Aye. like you just kind of have this opinion that gets ingrained in your head and you can have a conversation about it. But if you just like casually watch, say like an indie film on Netflix, unless it's like, and you just watch it like by yourself, unless it's something that really sticks with you, after like a week, you kind yeah. of forget that you've even watched it. And Aye. it's like, because I was thinking about it today and I, what was I thinking about? I was thinking of a film I watched called Listen Up, Philip. Okay. I can't remember why it came into my head. I think, yeah, I own it. I have absolutely no idea um, why it popped into my head. But I was like, yeah, I do. I remember watching it. But if somebody was to say like, what did you think about it? Even though it was only about three months ago, I, I would be like, I've, I don't remember what I think of it. I, I remember kind of enjoying it while I was watching it. I liked the dialogue, but like, that's the most I could say. Whereas if you were to be like, again like with, with like star wars i could be like oh well this this and this and because you just talk Aye. about that with so many people because it's more of an event thing and it's kind of yeah but um we we're not gonna do a list or anything. no we're not i think we list. should just fucking fire through talk about shit i mean we did do lists yeah what was your fate what was your big film of my film for 2016 was hunt for the wilder people it's a bloody good choice mate i just really liked it That's a good just, it's such a lovely nice just a fun um, film. It. I don't think I've laughed that much at something in the cinema like at all. That like that as much as I did at that last year. Um, he's just got such. He's just got his own thing going on. Tai Taika Watiti. I I never know how to pronounce like, it. I pronounce it a different way each time. I presume I'm right once. Yeah. Yeah. At some point we'll get it. Um, <laughs> he's just got such a great whimsical style Aye. to his stuff. I really. It, Hunt for the World of People is his best film. Like, I would agree. Yeah. I because like I I love um I love his film Boy. It's such a cool dramatic Boys, film. Yeah, I love Boy. Boy's so good. And what we do in the shadows is obviously hilarious. Mm-hmm. But Hunt for the Wilder People balances humor and drama. Yeah, because so well. I was never a fan of Eagle and Eagle versus Sharks. Eagle versus Sharks is weird. I always just kind of... thought that was because that's his first film, and I watched it and was like, this guy really wants to make like napoleon dynamite it did kind of and it just dynamite. i just couldn't get into it at all but like wait we said like boy's great what we do in the shadow is great but i, I would say like hunt for the water people is probably his best because it perfectly balances like oh I... the the comedy with the feeling like it, it's yeah i mean you're only what I, I would say should we say like spoilers for the, the anyway at least the films yeah. that we've both seen we'll just we'll say spoilers so cool. if we're talking about film you haven't seen we'll, we'll, we'll warn that on, on a case yeah. by case but um because when we were i was so i went back to edit the deep blue sea one the other day yeah which will come out after this i guess <laughs> <laughs> fuck we're messing with the timeline <laughs> um it's all a lie but uh there's a bit in it where spoilers for the end of deep blue sea i'll call it out early this time but there's a bit where i say like oh and then this guy gets eaten. Spo- or no, I'm spoiling. I think I'm spoiling like a new movie. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then this happens. And then this guy gets eaten. Spoilers. And I just say it really passively because <laughs> like I... But I'm like, well, it doesn't matter if I've said spoilers now. I've spoiled the movie now. But I thought it wasn't Deep Blue Sea we were talking about. It was um, Shallows. I ruined the end of Shallows in our Deep Blue Sea review. <laughs> Which one's Shallows? The shark one that we saw last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I spoil the end to it. <laughs> and then after it, I just quickly say spoilers. And then <laughs> I'm like, what's that going to make a difference now? No. But, um, yeah. Hunt for the World of People. Hunt for the World of People was great. I watched it on... I rewatched it on Netflix because it's on Netflix, mate. Don't have to pay for that DVD. No. Don't have to pay that sweet, sweet money. <laughs> like, we, we already paid for it with a subscription. That's it. We pay for our Netflix subscription, so... I think Hunt for the World of People makes sense on Netflix because it's a film more people need to see because more people would love it. Yeah. Um, but Netflix is a great yeah, platform Yeah, definitely because I, I put it on when I was back 
for Christmas. And uh, my sister watched it and like she was loving it. And I was like, my sister would never, never find this film. Like if it weren't on Netflix, like there's no way she would ever stop. Like I doubt there's any way she would ever stumble across it. She's not a big film person. So like, but yeah, I'm like, I'm glad it's on Netflix because hopefully more people will see it. Aye, it definitely deserves it. Although I can't imagine um, he needs much, Taika Waititi needs much more exposure now that he's nah, going to be doing Thor 3. Thor 3. Thor versus the Hulk. Because that's the thing now, isn't it? Yeah. Take a guy, make him fight another guy. It's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was my film of the year. Um, it came very close between that and Room. Mm. Room was going to be my film of the year. Which that, I guess, falls into like what we were just talking about at the start, where Room was like, in America for a while and then it came out here in like the new year because that was like everybody was loving Room and like Room's the best thing of 2015 and we were like shut up we haven't seen it yet (laughs) (laughs) no I uh, absolutely adore Room Um, that's like that such an emotive film such a strange film it's so such for the kids perspective and Ah, uh, like you just you have you haven't seen it. You just need to see it. I feel mm. like it's one of those films you can recommend to anyone because it's just so str- like it just needs to be watched. It's so emotive. They do a great job in that film of really making that room feel like it's the whole world because it fe- like even though it's this tiny little cramped room, it feels huge because like that's the only space that the film has to work with. But like you get to the end of the film, I guess spoilers as well for room. You get to the end of the movie and they go back into the room and suddenly you realize like quite how small it was Aye. and it is just incredible like it is just a kind of shock to the system of like wow they really did make that room feel like the whole world to that kid um yeah you gotta give it props for that no they were my they were very very close contenders i think hunt for the wilder people just as a film i'm more likely to go back and, and watch a lot a lot yeah um, I, I feel like that's just a nice film that if a friend over and you're like what film do you want to watch have you seen hunt for the wilder people no well we're putting it on definitely yeah. should watch that it's just fun what was your film of the year? Uh, mine's was Green Room. Green Room's a good choice. Yeah, it's a, bloody, it's a really good choice. Bloody great choice. Um, I feel like not it didn't, didn't so much get overlooked, but definitely haven't seen a lot of people talking about it all that much. I like because I, I think people just kind of pass it off as like, yeah, it's a solidly made action film, but like it's a really solidly made thriller, and I think it's more a, people I need think to it's like horror. go back and I well, think yeah, it's like a horror, horror film. yeah. Um, like I rewatched it. I've rewatched it a few times this year because I just love it so much. And um, one of the things that's so like they managed to they managed to keep the tension in that movie up at all times by making it very clear, like from the get go, that anything could happen in that kind of like kind of Game of Thrones esque way, where like nobody's safe, like anyone can die at any point. Green Room makes that clear from the get go. So, like, every move that the characters make has a consequence. If they... So, it's like, they make a rush to... They, they're like, oh, maybe we should try just, like, sprinting out of the room. And that, like, two people get killed. And then it's like, oh, this guy's gonna help us sneak out of the room. He gets shot in the face out of nowhere. It's like... Spoilers. Spoilers for Green Room also. <laughs> it's like, just literally anything can happen at any moment. And I think the tension is, cons- like, just through the roof for that whole fucking movie because they make that clear that like everyone's completely disposable i think it's um, i think it's really really scary and i think it's a good example of a horror film not needing supernatural yeah. elements um because as i've said before i think i even said it in the top 10 films we kind of remember for 2015 is i've always been a bit weird about 
ghost motives and supernatural yeah. motives and when like a ghost from after life is uh, coming back to haunt because yeah. you made a bad comment about her hair or something but like there's this there's just a nice watching green room about a horror film just about these people against these awful stuck in just a really awful uh, situation yeah and like and you scared you're genuinely scared for these characters That's you're terrified. like i'm not i i cannot i would not be surprised that they all died at the end and yeah. they did all die in horrific ways hmm. um it's just awful it's just it's and it's so it's really good at that it's hmm. such a an intense watch it's brilliant and i think like i thought patrick stewart was brilliant in it and i'm like I remember there was kind of some complaints about how he never he never gets, like, the explosive, scary moment where you're, like, really afraid of him. And I was like, nah, that's what is great about his character in that film because there's, a, there's not... There's never really a moment where he doesn't seem like he feels that he's totally in control. Yeah. He's like, he just sees this as a minor inconvenience that needs to be dealt with. And he he does it in such this tactical way where it feels like he's done it before and like that's terrifying enough so it's just the thought that like they, these guys are trying to escape and stuff and he, he just does not give a fuck he's like we'll just we'll do it like this this and this and that'll kill them off and that'll be the end of it of course he doesn't expect for them to turn on him but like because the, the only time you kind of see him remotely lose his cool is when they refuse to give him the gun and then the guy's like oh they're they're pretty smart and then Patrick Stewart grabs the guy's head and he's like they're smarter than you and like slams his head against the wall and then it's like there's a moment where everybody just stands quietly and Patrick Stewart's like I apologise <laughs> it's like oh man like yeah I just I the film just again like with like uh, with with room like in terms of kind of a lot of it being set in one place like the film really goes out of the way to like make you aware of like everything that's in that room and every angle of it and everything that the characters have to work with by you know it's like they go through all everybody's pockets and that might seem like it, it could have felt like clunky but it's like well they they needed to they need to do it and so you get an idea of like you they you know exactly what they have to work with and what they have to fight back with and uh i just love the fucking i just love it i love it all i love that he puts this kind of weird green tint over the whole movie and i just love it and um, it was kind of cross between like that and the witch which i know you didn't see i didn't see the witch but it was it. definitely kind of like when it came to being like which one i was like uh green room we'll, we'll put green room as buddy number one but i think the witch is like the most well probably also like the most well-made film of the year which i won't talk about for too long but you should watch it it's real good it's not really a kind of strict horror film yeah it's more just this really twisted dark family drama almost that that sounds more something i would watch yeah um because obviously i'm not the biggest fan yeah. of horror films um i just it's 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 always just been story and character i like story and character and horror films always sacrifice that for mm. the general scareness not some of them do uh, well some of them do not always and um, that was a generalization mm. but like um yeah that makes it more interesting to watch if it's like a more twisted family drama yeah i would um, like it's and uh it just goes to show how much like the i think the director spent is it four years or something researching Salem witch tri trials and like old England and stuff like that too. So the film is like really authentic. All right. And, um, I like the, like the thing, the things that happen throughout the film are kind of things that they believed witches did in those, t you know, in terms yeah. of that. it's like, Oh, we've taken this from like 
something that some mental guy who stumbled out of the woods said happened and it's like probably didn't happen but like it's no. very authentic feeling and everybody talks in old english it's not just like set in that time period and then they're just like oh pal we gotta go check this out okay but like it's very like shakespearean kind of uh, i just love it i think it's fucking also kate dickie's in it and i've met kate dickie Kate Dickey's fucking ace. If you're listening, and I know you are, <laughs> <laughs> come on the podcast. Uh, yeah, come on the bloody chat. If you're listening, come on the podcast. Um, We've got room in this in this professional <clears throat> studio for a Kate Dickey. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, yeah, I'll come record the podcast. That's good. Like, oh, what what studio is it? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, you can sit on Scott's bed. You'll probably have to. <laughs> if you're lucky, we'll pull through a chair from the kitchen. Only if you're lucky. Though. Uh, so yeah I would say those two definitely would be like definitely films of the year Um, what other kind of stuff were you into like outside of the kind of bigger things like what else did you kind of outside of the the more the smaller films Um, well I guess just like what else were you into into Uh, well off the top of my head I um, I watched um, Captain Fantastic it's great, bloody! Lo- I it's love good, that movie. Yeah. It's a good film. I really, really liked it. I really liked. Um, I just, or you just, it's just fascinating, especially for the first half of the film, just to watch this. Family. It's got a great family dynamic. Uh, yeah. For um, anyone who hasn't seen it, it's kind of like uh, it's just about this this guy who's he's raising his family in like the woods mm-hmm. and he's raising them to be uh, to live on the woods and stuff. But he's also educating them mm-hmm. um, with uh, at such a high level. Uh, they're constantly reading books and reciting information and. Um, he's very much raising them to be like super intelligent and like super dependent um and uh when their mother dies they have to um they're going now to the funeral and going back to society so it's kind of a it's kind of the the wild man in like the big city kind of vaguely like that storyline but it's it's done in a like an interesting way and it is fascinating they almost seem to kind of have a bit of a message about you know just be careful about pushing your worldviews onto other people like especially like younger, i i think that's fun i think that's interesting because by the end of it i wasn't 100 sure if i thought captain fantastic was right hmm. like whether he was that's what i kind of right. yeah like it's because like um he proves that like his kids are well educated and stuff but it's very obvious when um his oldest son is trying to interact with girls and like trying to interact with um in a sort of more flirty romantic way mm-hmm that he has no idea what to do and it's kind of like really caps him at that um so it's kind of like is he right is he wrong he is educating them and it's interesting to see that uh his kids are well educated above like his mother's and his wife's um nephews and stuff so mm. there are some interesting points but then like if you were if you were if everyone was to do that then they would never be quite at that level so it's kind of a i don't know i i I think it's just an interesting film. It's a fun film to watch, um, and I just yeah, it's just it's definitely worth a watch. It's just so I definitely strange say, yeah, if people and it seemed to kind of again not so much like under the radar, but definitely one that people didn't check out over kind of other other stuff I, that was out around the time. Um, a smaller film, I definitely yeah. Uh, I try th- I also really liked um, Hell over high hell hell or high water. I didn't see that one. I thought that was pretty great. Can I can I describe it to people as like I describe it in a similar fashion. I'm like it's similar to No Country for Old Men, not so much in plot, but in that you can just sit and watch 
Hell or High Water as a, an example of like really solid filmmaking. Because I feel like this year, a lot of films, a lot of a lot of films this year. I just said that again, but the other way around. The a problem with a lot of them is like they're just kind of edited together choppily, or like it's a bit messy. You know what I mean? Like plots get abandoned, or like things don't quite finish the way you like where you think they should, and stuff's a bit scrambled and messy. Whereas like Hell Over High Water is just everything's like solid like it's not groundbreaking it's just fucking solid filmmaking like the direction and the acting and the cinematography and the script like it's just fucking it's muy bien très bien yeah I'd, 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 I would recommend that one highly cool um, what were kind of because there's a lot of big movies yeah big movies this year of the big movies we do what i like so what were the big ones what were the really big my my favorite big movie my favorite of the big blockbuster franchise ones was star, star trek. trek beyond I mean. star trek beyond <laughs> i such like i feel like this year it's been a strange year for we've had a few broken films that's what i was trying to say like when I was talking about Hell in High War, it was like there's been a lot of just what feel like broken movies. Aye, they movies don't feel that quite finished. Don't, and... Movies that don't work on a fundamental movie level. Yeah. Um, and Star Trek Beyond is such a just a well, it's just a well written film, mm. and it just works. It's character focused. It gives it a base like a simple story, but doesn't uh, undermine it. Doesn't feel unepic. It just like it just works so well. Star Trek Beyond, um, especially after the last star trek film which i i don't mind star trek what was it called again which star is called? Tre- what's star trek beyond no, no uh, into darkness into darkness yeah you're the weird guy that like i that. i didn't mind it <laughs> there is a lot of nonsense in it um there is a lot of nonsense in the film and this one just cuts the nonsense out here's the characters here they are in a situation i always describe it as like die hard and like the situation it's kind of mm. like this is a situation they're in they need to they 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 need to get out the situation alive that's that's the plot um and then you get the, with the char- character parents you get captain kirk working off um scotty and you get um bones working off um spot yeah which is fun um and it just it just works mm. um every level yeah it seemed to be when it came out it just it seemed to be kind of almost uh, like brushed off it seemed to come out to very little fanfare but it was kind of the one that i came out of the most excited about. I remember I saw it with you and I was like, I could just turn around and go right back into that. Aye. Like, because <clears throat> it's just saw and it kind of gets a good... You can tell that after, like, as much as I don't really think the second film works, you can tell that by this point the people writing it understand the characters they're working with. Well, it was different... It was um, different writers. Yeah. Like, yeah, Simon yeah. Pegg's one of this and it just feels... It feels so much fresher. Mm. The last one was so so many... Trying to chase so many trends. Mm. With like the villain being like the Skyfall villain and the getting the Benedict Cumberbatch in and the um, oh we're trying to do Wrath of Khan we're trying to do Wrath of Khan but this one just felt so fresh it just yeah. oh, I, I loved it I love Star Trek Beyond yeah it's got a cool gets a cool good balance of what was good about the ori- like the kind of original series and stuff and then what is good about the current run of it um, I thought it worked really well yeah um what was your your big popcorn flick that you enjoyed? I thought Fantastic Beasts. Where are they? What are they about? I thought that was great. I really loved it. 
Did you I, see it? I liked Fantastic Beast. I did see it. I definitely think I'm champion it. Like I've not, I've not really spoken to anyone else when I'm when they'll be like, "What do you think of Fantastic Beast?" And I'll be like, oh, "I absolutely loved it." And they'll be like, "Yeah." Like I, nobody I, else seems to be on my level with it, but I thought no, it was great. No, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought I had a lot of fun with it, and I, I, like I didn't, it didn't. Um, wasn't as mythology focused as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like it, it had like it kind of had two stories. The film um, almost what it was trying to tell two stories at once. One mm-hmm. was about the the ministry in America and some of the stuff that was going on there, and then the other is a more um, light-hearted story of trying to find these monsters and put them back in the mm-hmm. suitcase. Um, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. Mm-hmm. I thought the characters were fun. I think it's worth kind of comparing to another film that we'll probably talk about briefly which will be rogue one aye but i think it to me worked a little bit better than rogue one because rogue one relies so heavily on like that time period and so it's like all the star warsy stuff like has to be in it whereas like fantastic beasts kind of there's harry potter elements to it but it very much kind of stands alone it introduces like loads of new creatures and Hmm. different spell and like new characters and different spells and all these unique things that you hadn't seen it's in Harry Potter before. the mythology. Yeah, yeah, it's as opposed to... As Rogue One is... Rogue One is just, we'll just tell a story in the same time period and nothing's different and this is Rogue like... One's almost over-explaining mm-hmm. its point as um, Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them is... Where are they fret. really about? <laughs> uh, uh, what's happening? Uh, have you seen them? I thought they were around here somewhere. Some of them are invisible. Look, that one's running down the street. Quick, get it. And I just... It's got so many, like, really funny moments like i and i'm i hate eddie redmayne usually but i thought he worked really well i don't hate that's a strong i think i stand by i think eddie redmayne was built in a factory to win oscars <laughs> like and so he always kind of just puts i just get put off by him a little bit because a lot of his stuff feels very just you're gonna give me an award for this one look i'm i'm stephen hawking i'm going through this physical transformation to play stephen hawking and look I'm I'm the I'm the first man who wanted to be a woman. I'm going through this physical transformation. Play, and I'm like, all right, get over yourself. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I thought he was great, and I loved the the Muggle character. I thought he was he was funny. He was a cool character. And I just think it really it just seemed to it just wrote really fun and good characters, and just had them going off in a bloody romp, and i was just really into it I yeah liked the whole thing it was dark when it needed to be dark but it's never too kind of heavy-handed or anything it's um no it's characters going through it's the likable characters it's a fun story the one elephant in the room of fantastic beast where to find them is the plot twist yeah which we both have a lot of bitter resentment yeah for. spoilers big spoilers spoilers Colin Farrell turned out to be Johnny Depp the, the whole, whole time. time. <laughs> awful, awful, the, the main, so awful. The, literally, the just the big, the the main complaint about that is like, what was wrong with Colin? It's Colin Farrell, not Colin. Farrell. Yeah, what was what wrong with Col- what, is it Firth or Farrell? It's Farrell. Oh, yeah. it's Farrell. I Firth's said Farrell, the, did I? Yeah, no, I was. Oh I yeah. Remember. Like Colin Farrell's a bloody. He's a good actor. He was good at it, and he's great in it. Aye. So why? Why does it need to be Johnny Depp? My my huge problem was because Johnny Depp's just woo, like it's just it's I just I can't get into him anymore. My my problem was is Colin Farrell's character had a great arc. Mm. His arc, he became the villain, and you understood why he became the villain. Mm. He d- wasn't a big fan of this. the The idea of the film is that there's the secrecy act that uh, the wizards have to say uh, stay a secret away from the Muggles, 
or whatever they're fucking called in this. Oh, non, non-mages. Non-mages? So awkward to say. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's fucking Americans for you. I'm, I'm British. I'm gonna call with them their, with their oh, ruin with their, ruin our fictional with their, language with their fries and their. Oh, what bloody else that convenience stores the sidewalk the sidewalk um but like what was the point oh yeah, yeah uh he he sees that this one um he sees like the result of suppressing your magic and he eventually goes no i don't want any of this bullshit let's um i'm gonna turn against the wizard in government which i thought was such a cool arc you are like he became a villain but you understand why he became a villain but it was undermined by the fact that he was secretly a villain the whole time. Mm. And it was like, why? Why ruin that mm. arc? It was such a good arc. Why ruin that? It's I was so dis- I was so disappointed with that choice. But <sighs> And Johnny Depp. And it was awful. just actually like I came out and I just tr- I tried really hard just not to let it ruin how much I enjoyed the rest of it. Ah, the rest of it so it's just that one bit. It was mm. awful. I like the idea of where they're going. I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of Johnny Depp being in it. Mm. I'm not sure if Johnny Depp's just, just a bit fed up of him. Like, yeah, so dies. He basically phones in a lot. He's playing Captain Jack Sparrow again. Um, so and I like the idea of them doing the sort of the World War Wizarding thing. Mm. Like, I like that idea, but like when Johnny Depp's going to be the main villain for the whole thing, you're like, oh, mm. oh, really, really, are we doing that? Um, yeah. Um, real quick because I don't I don't want to spend too long on it because I'm sick of fucking talking about it but Rogue One we're both kind of on the same page with Rogue One didn't really like my, my, my thing with it was if you're gonna do a prequel everybody already knows what happens at the end you uh, know they get the Death Star plans I'm not gonna say spoilers because <laughs> we've seen the fourth movie so well, the first it's like one. okay well any any story can be told obviously like yeah. any, anything has a right to be told so but because we know what happens it's like okay a lot of the tension is kind of removed so we'll make it a make it a character thing and just we'll have like a really cool band of interesting characters that will follow through this body mission the the my issue with it was they i did not give a fuck about a single one of them not uh. one like they are all so bland and so fucking boring um that the f- stuff was happening in the film and like it gets to that end battle and I was like looks amazing but I don't care either way whether these people live or die I I there's so many people justify it as it's kind of the format of a war film but I think you go back to Saver Private Ryan probably mm. the best war film and you go you care about those characters yeah. you care about the characters in Saver Private Ryan you don't have to make a Star Wars film where you don't care about the characters yeah. you should every like the majority of films you make you should care about the characters especially when who gives a fuck about whether the characters get the Death Star plans because you know they're going to get them. That's it. Like, because it has this, it's supposed, it's been argued that this big world um, change in implication, but it doesn't change the world because we already know what happens. Um, it's so annoying that the, the justification is you don't need to, oh, you, they need to be likable. They were all so boring. I was halfway through the film and I was realizing, fucking hell, I'm bored. Yeah. Do something. It was, it was, it's when they go to the planet with a, uh... Uh, that that Mads Mikkelsen is being held on, you know, and the the guys gonna yeah. shoot, and I was like, oh, just do it or don't do it. I nah. don't fucking care at this point. I just want this to move on. Um, My- like, but when it man, when the film opened, like, it opens on that the the sequence Aye. where he shot, and I was like, man, we're in for some shit. This is gonna be ace. And then it just kind of was like, 
after that, I was like, wow, just it just Nothing's never happening. got any more interesting than that. I uh, fucking Forrest Whitaker who just they're like, oh come on, Forrest, we got to run. He's like, no, I must die now. Stay and die. Except he talks that weird. It's just I was just weird. CGI fucking Tarkin. I hated it. And it was stupid. I didn't see why it was so necessary. Aye. Um, like, why he was so vital that he had to be in it. My, my kind of, like, maybe this is probably bad script. Like, this is maybe just me on bad writing. Like, as in what I'm about to say could be bad writing. But, like, my thinking was, like, why not just have Ben Mendelsohn? He made the Death Star. He's the big bad leader of the Death Star. He's fucking terrifying. Everybody's terrified of him the end of the film he he still gets spoilers he still gets killed off and then because we're smart intelligent people we can just put it together that they they're like well who's the next person in line we'll make Tarkin the next person in line so by the time you get to the fourth movie it's like Ben Mendelsohn's just immediately you know it's like that whole thing you know you cut off the buddy head of the snake there's another one I don't remember (laughs) (laughs) two more yeah like Um, it's just I I just didn't I, I granted they don't they don't they're not it's not offensive like the way they use them but i just didn't feel it was necessary and my thing with it is like you've got the cgi version of an actor who's been dead like where where does that stop uh we it's did, kind we of did the... just lose a very important member of the star wars franchise like mm. where is that gonna go you know what i mean it's just not comfortable with it i don't see why it was so necessary I've spoken to a couple of people who are big star wars fans who are like oh it was absolutely necessary i'm like that's cool i don't get it but like I, I again I think you could have just written it like this, but I don't know. Maybe maybe use Darth Vader more. Mm. Could have done that. Just have used Darth Vader more. I they could like that bit was but I think they fucking saved that bit for the very end. Just so, so that the fucking fans oh, come out right. with <laughs> the battle sequence, I thought not only did it look good, the battle sequence I think it was really well written. This is the shame about the cause like you don't care about the characters. But you had a big battle going on. Yeah, I knew exactly what every character yeah, was doing at every point. Mm-hmm. And that battle sequence was so... you like Yeah, you could just feel everyone moving around. You could feel, even though all these things are going on at once, I, I felt like I was never out of control of what's mm-hmm. happening. I saw that battle sequence was so well written. So I'll give the last third of Star Wars, like um, Rogue One, that's high praise for that. And they have the Darth Vader scene at the end, which is cool. Um... I'm not like it was a really cool Darth Vader scene, but the like it kind of like to me was like it doesn't matter because like Darth like you introducing how menacing Darth Vader is at the end of the film for what the people who have watched Rogue One then they're watching New Hope. Ah, it doesn't really doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think like I did I did really like that scene because I do think it is kind of the first time you do see him at quite that level of badassery. Aye. So a lot of the time in the other movies he's just knocking about and then he shows up for a really clunky lightsaber fight. But that was it was pretty stunning to see. It's like, it oh, this is why he's like the most feared person in the galaxy. It's because of this shit right here. But, but I agree it's gonna be so strange going from that if you go from that straight into a new hope. Aye. Where he's like just really clunkily like knocking about with Obi-Wan. It's it's kind of like the definition of fan service. For the film it put, yeah. uh, it like it holds no purpose because if you were to watch it on its own, you'd be like, okay, so he's a big bad guy, so what? But um, but for our fans, it's like, oh my God, we get to see Darth Vader, yeah. how we kind of imagined Darth mm-hmm. Vader, um, which I've got no problem with. Um, it's just kind yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, like, f- fair play if you're into it. It's just, it kind of, it's... What's kind of started to just annoy me a little bit is 
when I speak to people who really liked it and they're like oh the the action and the the action and this and the action and I'm like the, the action all looks cool but like when it's not when it's not when there's nothing behind it Aye. it's like what difference does all this make like you're just watching computer computers shoot at one another for 45 minutes Aye. and uh, yeah the whole film just just really did absolutely nothing for me no um, I, which is I was... not me being like a like i i love not that i have to fucking justify it like i'll yeah. like what i like i don't i won't like what i don't want to like but like but you're like a... i love force awakens ah, you're well, a star force wars fan was, thought force you? awakens was fucking stunning ah. and like that rogue one just because it was it was just more it's just more of the same i'm still stand by what we spoke about when we did that podcast about star wars like i'm all for if they want to make a spin-off movie set in the prequels do it do it. just make it kind of a bit more practical less cg but all the stuff he set up in the prequels like do that cool but because that's what i mean it's like with fantastic beasts they kind of managed to they kind of managed to go off and do their own Aye. thing but it's still grounded in that universe but rogue one just relies far too heavily on ev- everything that's already been built before hmm. um so yeah um so the when i'm you know, I'm not necessarily trying to say we should start talking about our least favourite movies of the year when I mentioned Suicide Squad, but maybe we should talk about... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking um, hell. Suicide Squad was my least favourite movie of 2016. Absolutely it's shit. the biggest steaming pile of garbage I've seen in a long it's fucking nonsense. time. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's the definition of a broken film. Le- yeah, that's that's it. I think... There's that thing of like, it feels like it's been edited together by three different people because it has been edited together by three different people. Um, I think, as a film, it's worse than Fantastic Four. Yeah? That's because at least boring. Fantastic Four yeah, actually, has a you consistent know story. Yes, I'll... I'll because as soon as you said it and then I was about to go mm, I don't know and then that was the first thing that popped in my head was like well at least you know where you're at Aye. with Fantastic Four like like even though Fantastic Four um, one of our first audio podcasts here on Second Opinion so we have a that was the first that, the first audio one I yeah. was um, it just it, it at least is a competent film mm. even if it's not a good film even mm. if it's not exciting even if it misses the point to it and it's like the beginning's well paced I thought the first half of the Fantastic Four was well paced and mm. stuff like that uh, this is just garbage it's shit such a shambles I, I don't even know where to start <laughs> that's <laughs> it I feel like we we would need to do we need to give that like a two hour episode on Aye. its own to fully get into like but it's but the problem is the problem that makes me angry about Suicide Squad is that there are people that justify it mm. and it's like you there's can't people that justify all that uh, like, stuff and like... there's all sorts of stuff but there's a huge like it's Suicide Squad creates a divide in the mm. fan base whether it's good or not and you can have guilty pleasures and stuff but don't tell me Suicide Squad's a good film it's mm. not it's so it's just it's so broken it doesn't like it destroys its own flow by introducing every single character in this montage at the beginning yeah who the care who cares about the action who cares about the characters who cares about jared leto who's in it for yeah much to his annoyance like, I, yeah. who's in it for barely anything um do you even think he was good as the joker i, I can't tell for what that seven minutes I, or whatever it's like i, don't I know. think he misses the the whole thing of like the, the sending the condoms and the dead ra- like that's the kind of thing or sending anal beads and stuff and I'm just like I've never really known the Joker to be that guy 
Like be so sexual. Yeah, and I think he was kind of missing the point a little bit. But I guess they were trying to take him in a different direction, and uh, it just use... it does nothing for me. I think it's just you. It's not. It's noticeable right from the get go that like, I I think that the first kind of forty minutes of the film should have been set in the prison, and they're all in the prison, and we see them all getting into shenanigans within the prison, and that way you've got forty minutes to establish who all these people are, how their dynamic all works, and yeah, like what what kind of things they can do instead. We have a character sit and tell two other characters over a luncheon Aye. who these people are and what they can do. And you literally, you do, you just sit, you have to sit and watch a trailer for every character for the first 45 minutes of the film. And it's just, the it's just one song to one song to one song to the next song to the next song to the next song to the next song. There's no space between some of the music. It's just like, just songs are just cutting one another off and fuck me I hated it so much it made me uh, physically sick <laughs> I had thought um, for the in terms of the bad guy because who the fuck cares about the bad guy of Suicide Squad yeah. why wasn't and it why the Joker he... yeah why was the bad guy the Joker you've <laughs> like, got you cut the Joker out for this bad guy no one cares about mm. I, I think feel like it's to make the the um, plot so much dramatic but like it's kind of that old age thing that you can you try not to complain about for other superhero films that's supposed to be in a connected universe. But why didn't Batman or Flash or someone come and save this guy yeah. who's destroying this whole city? It just it doesn't. It seems like it should have been a much smaller. It should have been thing. smaller, and that would have oh. made the Joker smaller. You'd have had Joker more of a part. He'd have had more. There'd have been more emotional stakes because the Harley Quinn was yeah. on the side of the Suicide Squad, so he's against the Joker. But nah, nah, that didn't do well with our um, with our. Ah, fuck, what they what they called? Our test, test audiences. Yeah, test like groups. the... I don't know, they really just weren't vibing that, so we decided to go in a different direction. And... Uh, yeah, I just... I, I, I hate I hate it. I hate everything about it. It makes me angry. And the people who defend it because they like the characters from the comics and books and stuff, fuck you. Like, if you're happy to settle for that shit Aye. just because you think it's fun to like cool to see a version of Harley Quinn on the big screen like fuck you you're the reason we get this garbage Aye. and you should be ashamed of yourself if you're a fan you should be wanting more that's from it. it you should want better Aye. like it's not a difficult demand to make to just want like more care put into the movies Aye. To... instead of just oh fuck what people didn't like Batman vs Superman because it wasn't funny enough so we'll just try and make this one funny instead it's like that's not why we didn't like Batman vs Superman uh, like that is a that is a footnote <laughs> in the reasons we didn't like Batman vs Superman <laughs> fuck Suicide Squad fuck, fuck it Suicide Squad I hate it I hope I never see it again like yeah I just I hope it I hope somehow all the copies get sucked into some sort of big vortex and the vortex gets burned <laughs> and also fuck extended editions fuck extended edi well fuck extended editions where it's clearly a ploy that like it's clearly a ploy of like oh well people didn't like this cut but there's a better cut like yeah i'm all for you know i'm all for director's cuts if the film is good and then the director's like hey maybe like watch maybe watch like this is some of the stuff they they made me cut out because of length i'm all for that but when you're trying to sell Exploited. when you're trying to sell it as like you go see a version in the cinema but then oh if you want to see the real version you have to watch the the extended edition like f get a fucking grip should we should we rename Batman vs Superman Suicide Squad's uh, extended edition to exploit edition yeah, just to exploit like, anyone we want more money who edition. really wanted the film to be good and like well the extended edition's better shut up 
Yeah. Sharp. It doesn't matter. If it's you're. Oh, fuck me. It made me so angry. It made Batman versus Superman look good. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive. It did. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I could spend hours and hours talking yeah, about again, Batman versus like, Superman. Yeah, we'll, again, we'll, but we'll, we'll keep it brief because we'll I know. I, I understand. I, I'm uh, uh, self proclaimed huge. I love Superman so you're much. You're Superman boy. You're uh, Superboy. I absolutely love Superman. He's my favorite over Batman. That's controversial, but that's just the truth. And I, I love Superman Batman team up. Um, the comics I've read of that is so interesting, so cool. But fucks that Superman versus Batman as well. Mm-hmm. At least Superman versus Batman had good moments in it. I guess it that yeah, it's got definitely, it's definitely got m- moments in it. <laughs> More even it's even bit, it's got bits in it that are good. <laughs> even it's like on a uh, fundamental level a broken film mm. it's kind of like there's just scenes that don't work and don't feel natural and, yeah and but again, again it's another situation where I mean what uh, right when you've got like Batman running around killing people it's just it's like I don't think they appreciate how big a deal that is because they just play it off as if it's nothing but it's like that Batman's thing is that he doesn't kill and granted, like, see, I always kind of, I always stand by the, the the choice to have Superman kill Zod. At oh, the I end do of as well. Manicio because I think it's him kind of realizing that like his planet is no more, and like if this is all that is still there from his planet, like he's got to side with the humans, like he's got to side with these people and keep them safe. And I think that works. But like when Batman's just chopping down, but that that's like a a main villain obviously that he killed but when batman's just bloody blowing up henchmen left right and center it's like it just completely goes against everything he stands for and they just brush it off as if it's nothing and again people who like that movie it's like why what how how can you be into this when it's such a blatant disregard for what i i I think a vital thing that makes this character who he is it it just makes me yeah it's such the it's such the lack of understanding and it's like you want to do an adaption and I'm okay for artistic liberties and um, taking in things in new directions and stuff but it seems like a blatant misunderstanding of the very basic of why these characters are popular because mm. if you're not going to understand why these characters are popular why bother making the film yeah. about them um, even something as simple as like um, Superman's supposed to be a lot more optimistic mm. and Batman's not supposed to kill even something disregarding the myth, uh, mythology things that are huge to Superman fans, like the character of Jimmy Olsen, who dies before he's even given a name in the film. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't have time for jokes. We don't have time for a jokey character. We're too serious in this movie. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> I hate everyone involved in this. Uh, it's so <laughs> Except you, Ben Affleck. You're okay. Although I didn't like The Accountant, and I also didn't like Live By This, or whatever it was called. Live By Night, whatever it was called. I didn't like that either. I don't even remember the name. So maybe step up, Ben. He seems very serious about his Batman film, though. He it's, seems... Yeah. Because, like, the Batman film's clearly going to be happening, has clearly going to be happening for a while, but he's refused to accept... He's refused to confirm he's directing it until recently, I think. Because I think he just wants to make a good Batman film. Mm-hmm. I, I really think he wants that. And I feel like he's going to struggle, and he might not be able to do it with all this studio stuff that's happening. Um, oh. couple of, like, just kind of what I like because I feel like we're, we're talking very in depth about maybe like four or five movies so I think maybe we'll just kind of like rattle through some stuff um <clears throat> just I don't I don't want to focus too much on stuff I didn't like because it's never fun well it is fun to it's fun to hate but I'm not a hateful guy I'm a lover 
Well, never not a fighter. Some stuff I really didn't like. I really hated Passengers. Don't know if you saw that. See, I didn't see Passengers. Do you want? Do you want to talk about Passengers? I'm open for it to be spoiled. No, I I wasn't going to talk about. It. I was just going to. Oh, okay. Uh, just literally like, I uh, wasn't crazy about it because, I just feel that the, the kind of the, what Chris Pratt does. Is Jennifer Lawrence just still feels too accepting of it, and it made me uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah. "It's a real bad thing." And uh, I, I, I was quite enjoying it for the first kind of forty-five minutes, and then once the plot kind of kicked in, I was like, "Ah, no, I'm not, I'm not vibing this too much." Um, the accountant, yeah, I, I Bat, Batfleck really kind of just was really into that for again it feels like the first 45 minutes are so intense to me i was really into it and then it just hit this kind of point where a lot of plots just got forgotten about and weird twists started to unravel and they focus on characters that have barely been in it and give them huge like 15 minute long scenes after the film's already been going for an hour and just the way they do some of the exposition is very clunky um the last half of the, the in the last kind of bit of the film before the final fight you literally have J.K. Simmons sit for 10 minutes and tell another character about Ben Affleck's backstory rather than having a creative way of seeing it. Uh, so I really wasn't into that. Um, Blair Witch, the, the 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 reboot, remake, whatever the fuck that was. Sequel. We did a Blair Witch episode. This we did a Blair Witch. Week. Yeah, we did an episode on the first Blair Witch. Yeah, so that would have been a good one to talk about, but we didn't. So um, <laughs> uh, just gets... I think it kind of misses what made the first Blair Witch good. And I don't really think that... I think in terms... Like, I guess you have to up the... You've got to up the ante when you make a sequel. But for me, it kind of misses the point of why Blair Witch worked so well. And it takes very little time to build character. Again, it does that classic found footage film where everybody just seems like they are lifted right off fucking MTV... Um, they're all personalities like whoa this guy wears glasses so he must be a nerd and like stuff like that I just fucking I hated it um, they also show the witch which yeah very fleetingly but you see her right and it's a it, definitely you know the, the whole thing about the first player witch where like what your imagination comes up with is much scarier definitely what my imagination came up with was much scarier than what they showed Right. Just you carry on. I'm gonna look it up. See if I can find it. Okay. Um, sausage party. Did you see that? I did actually. I did. see You did sausage see sausage party. party. I I, we've it. never talked about this. I had no idea. You saw uh, it. No, I saw it um, recently. Um, I, I I liked it. I thought it was fun. Okay. I like. I agree that it's fun. My problem. My main problem with it was it never gets past its one joke, which is it's funny because they're cartoon characters and they're swearing. Okay. And like that was all they kind See, of had, and they run with that for an hour and a half. Oh, I think and... they had so much more. I think they had so much more of a, the even if it was like a simplistic, um, maybe not too in depth look at it, but it was such an in depth look at religion and stuff. And I thought it was um, mm. for 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 a film about talking sausages and talking sausage buns. Mm. I was surprised by how much like how much of religious subtext it had and how interesting it was. Um, no, I I really enjoyed Sausage Party. I'll um. 
I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I might even revisit that one day. I can Maybe I should, because you're not the first person who's kind of told me I'm wrong. So. Well, like, I, I understand what you're saying, because there is a lot of that joke of that just being like the animated characters who do this and this and this, and it's funny because they shouldn't. They What? The sausage wants to have sex with a hot dog bun? That's not supposed to. What? Mm. Um, but there is so much religious context and so much... Um, mm. Like it's it's a surprising amount of depth, and it's not the most profound religious film you ever watch, but like it's got a lot in it, and I was really surprised by it. Yeah, X Men Apocalypse was this year. Oh, fucking hell, so it was. Mm. Oh, that's another example of a film that didn't do anything. It just did. Yeah, it's just it was a, a film, and that it was about um, Professor X going bold. <laughs> just the whole thing builds up to that. Um, yeah, it just. That, yeah, that was stupid. It's like. I need a fucking explanation. Like he's bald because he's old. Like what are you on about? It's... He's bald because he's old. Scott oh, Morrison, 2017. Just absolute fucking shambles, mate. Ah, uh, it was. It just wasn't. It just wasn't interesting. Who cared? Yeah. You what... didn't feel like it was the end of the world. You didn't feel like it was the apocalypse or anything. Just yeah, whatever. What did you, what did you think about the two Marvel films this year? Well, Civil Mar- War was really good. Those Marvel boys are stepping it up. <laughs> Uh, Civil War was really good. Civil War was really good. Because yeah. um, I, I remember last year Age of Ultron came out and I was kind of like, is this, this feels really heavy and bloated. Is this going to be it for like Avengers films from now on because there's so much continuity? It's going to have to be so accommodating for all these things and it's the Avengers films are going to be hard to make from now on because they'll have to incorporate so much stuff. But Civil War essentially is not far off being an Avengers no. film and it balances everything. Perfectly. Yeah, it works very well. While also kind of staying focused on Captain America. It stays focused on Captain America. You don't feel like it's not a Captain America mm. film. And um, there's so much happening, but it feels so light and it it takes it it isn't like it doesn't feel too rushed or anything. It takes its time. It's absolutely fine. Um, no, Civil War was amazing. Like it was really on point. <coughs> I agree. It was very solid. <coughs> I'm a big fan of those. Very definitely. Like it was. It was like I think it was kind of a bit different to what Marvel's been doing. Yeah, and I think it was noticeably different when you compared it to Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange, as unique looking it was in terms of films that are in the Marvel universe, it is just the same thing again. Aye, um, it does it does it does seem to kind of acknowledge that 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 is a complaint, and it does try to do things a little bit differently, but it's never so different that it's it's like effective uh, and i do think that film structurally is like you get about halfway through the second act and they get attacked like the the the, the temple gets attacked uh, like okay this will be a fight scene and he'll like test out his powers or this will be where he gets the cloak or whatever but no that's like that's the start of the end uh, and that that's it goes on that's an hour or so yeah, yeah it's um it's crazy it was just such a weird way that things unfolded like after that initial kind of training montage and stuff there's no time to stop and catch your breath um which i thought was a was a, an odd choice aye but especially since this is a cra- <laughs> crazy world we still don't know a whole lot about aye Ooh, magic but um uh it was good enough i i enjoyed it i, I did enjoy it i came out we saw it in imax yeah it was oh we did yeah <laughs> Mate, we forked out that good, <laughs> good money. Yeah, we heard it had the good special effects. We were like, "Yeah, let's let's IMAX it." Um, it was fun. I really liked Doctor Strange. I just, um, yeah, it wasn't. 
in terms of Marvel movies, it wasn't very profound. It'll be cool to see Doctor Strange just interact with the rest of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Maybe a Doctor Strange sequel that will do something different and interesting. Yeah, it'll be good to see what he crops up in next. Um, So, just trying to think of like a couple of... Just a handful of other kind of films that I was really in... Well, that I was kind of... Like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, You're um, uh, checking your file facts right now, I'm looking for the films. Basically checking. Uh, the, the Girl with All the Gifts. Did you hear about that one? I saw it. Oh, did you? I saw A Girl with All the Gifts. I. Oh. Uh. Fuck me, you're surprising me, buddy, today, Danny Wallace. I didn't go, I didn't go to the party this year. Sausage Party and Girl with All the Gifts. Um, that but was basically quite, uh, the same film, really. When <laughs> you think about it. Uh, I, I, was, I was quite into what they were doing. I, I liked it. Because it's diff... It's, it, they definitely... It's, I think it's diff- like it's very di- a different kind of zombie movie that also they managed to pull it off really well. Hmm. I thought like I thought everything worked. The ending's a little bit. I yeah, wasn't the biggest but... fan of the ending. It kind of fell out of nowhere that for spoilers um, for the girl with all the gifts that the the little girl decided to be on the side of the zombies. It kind of came out of nowhere considering how much she was trying to connect to with connect the other with the characters, humans, yeah. and she decided she was going to end all human civilization. And it just kind of felt very disconnected from anything else. Mm. And maybe it would have worked if they'd built up something about it. But she beat the shit out of the leader of that gang. Yeah. And you were like, oh. And now you're like, actually, I've decided I like him. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, pick a... What what is happening? (laughs) Pick a motive. Do you... Maybe if you were to interact with those um, other weird children because the film's got zombie children that she interacts with zombie Even babies. if she showed sympathy for him and then decided actually maybe it's better for the zombies to carry on and be um, good pe- uh, be the new civilization and stuff I'd have, yeah. I'd have bought the ending but the ending just seemed so kind of out of nowhere but it was cool to see the character interact and she was a really cool um, uh, kid actor the actress yeah yeah I agree I, I thought the scene where the compound comes under attack was so fucking exhilarating. Aye, like, that was good. Yeah, it's incredible. It's an incredible. Very twenty-eight days later. It a lot of it felt like twenty-eight. Yeah, days Yeah, it's later. got that same kind of tone to it. Maybe that's just British zombie movie. Like, <laughs> um, did you see Kubo and the Two Strings? No, I didn't. That was good. Um, the animation's fucking gorgeous to the point where a lot of the time throughout the film, I was sitting and I was like man this looks amazing i wonder how they're bloody doing this how are they making the oh, shit they've just said the thing what what were they saying <laughs> oh no now i don't know what's happening um the plot is kind of a lot of stuff just happens out of nowhere and things like that and uh, again I, it's been a while since i've seen it i can't really but um uh yeah just for i would say definitely like for craftsmanship alone that's like a film that you should check out okay on the two strings like regardless of plot like watch it to actually watch it and like look at it and just admire how gorgeous it is um because it is stunning um oh a couple of other things i feel i get i was saying to you like when we had a pause like i do feel like i'm scratching the surface of stuff Aye. i saw this year but like there is if we were if we were to talk about everything we saw we'd be here for decades because i saw a whole <laughs> lot of movies last year um, so I'm just kind of rattling, trying to rattle through stuff that I really, really like, that really kind of stuck out. Um, American Honey. Um, I didn't see that one. Which actually. was, I totally blanked on the name of the director for a grand total of a few seconds. Andrea Arnold, who, speaking of Kate Dickey, was the director of Red Road. All right. Um, Shia LaBeouf 
and Sasha Lane, <laughs> uh, who I think was a newcomer. Sasha Lane, if I'm not mistaken. I've never heard of But him. basically, it's like a, a girl joins a band of uh, traveling salesmen. You know, it's like the the door to door kind of thing. Aye. She joins that, and you know, it's all about youth and you know finding yourself and stuff like. That. Definitely Aww. didn't like it as much as like, I saw it with a handful of people, and they absolutely loved it. For me, after a while, towards the end, a lot of just watching her sit in the van while kind of sad music plays, and I was like, "This movie's three hours long. Please <laughs> wow. pick up the pace, please." Like um, that, it did get a bit much, admittedly, for me. Maybe that's just my low intelligence or whatever. But um, I thought Shia LaBeouf was stunning in it, and so was. Uh, Sasha Lane and they both kind of play off each other like really really well and the cinematography is fucking gorgeous it's like I, yeah I would if you've got three hours I'd recommend it like I said it kind of dropped off a bit for me but um, it's a very very good movie uh, did you see the new Louis Theroux movie <laughs> I didn't that was another one I missed Scientology I really movie yeah uh, I was quite in, like quite into it um Obviously, there, there's. I haven't seen it, but there's that very famous Scientology documentary, which I can't remember the name of. So sorry about that, everyone, for the informative review that we're doing right now. But um, there was so he kind of tries to take a different angle at it, and using a person who using an ex Scientologist, like who was very high up in the game, mm. tries to kind of recreate elements of uh, Scientology kind of the darker side of it and uh, it's quite interesting and it was quite an interesting look at you know they start doing this and once Scientology gets wind of it you know suddenly they're they're getting followed there's folk kind of ambushing them out of nowhere and stuff like that it just kind of shows the lengths that they these, these people go to to keep you know critics of Scientology like under wraps uh-huh. um so I, I was really interested I'm really I really like Louis through I'm really quite fascinated by um by his work so yeah, and uh, oh, anything else that bloody. Oh. <laughs> so many movies, I'm sorry. Um, <coughs> got anything you want to bring up? <coughs> that you want to kind of. Oh, um, one other one that I wanted to kind of bring up that most, like, most people have probably heard of was Nerve. Did you oh, see was that the social yeah, yeah, yeah. one? I thought it was going to be garbage. I, I was really into it. The ending gets far too, the ending gets far too grandiose for what the rest of the film has been. Okay, but for the most part, like the two lead actors, Emma, Emma, not Emma Watson, Emma the other Robertson, I think it is, and uh, Dave Franco, both are fucking great together. And I was like, I'd happily watch a movie with these two, like, all day. And for the first half of the movie, you're just watching them go off and they're doing the crazy things that the people online are telling them to do. And I was totally with it. And I was like, man, this is great. Like I said, the ending gets a bit too bit too grand for what the rest of the film's been. You know, everybody's... everybody's it ends in a big stadium with all these viewers watching mm. them do something crazy. And, you know, Emma Robertson... It's very obvious what the message of the film is. We, as the viewer, understand it. But just in case you missed it, Emma Watson's gonna give a big speech Emma to Watson? the state. Emma Robertson is gonna give a big speech to the stadium about the message of the film, and it was a bit kind of, it was a bit uh, heavy. It kind of lost me at the end. But yeah, like it was, 
I guess I just brought it up because it was something I really, really thought I was going to dislike. And really enjoyed it. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Not on the bloody top of my list or anything, but it's good. Uh, noteworthy films I thought of was uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's, That's great. A, that was a good film. Yep. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the, when the last bit is kind of a weird, bit too Hollywood, but... Yeah. Um, the... Spoilers for that ending, but like I definitely think that film should have ended. She comes out of the hatch, stands on the roof of the car, you see the alien spaceship, cut to a shot of her face, and she's kind of like... Her, the, her face says it all, basically like, oh, yeah. well, fuck me, he was right. <laughs> cut to Cut to black there. That would have been interesting. The, the end bit does feel very like that. It does feel kind of like they took the film to the studio heads and they were like, mm, it's good, but I'll tell you what it's missing. <laughs> it's missing some explosions. <laughs> like, um, I was, it was just, it was clearly supposed to be such a smaller film, mm. but like it got that big budget thing at the end. It was kind of like, what the f- what's yeah. going on? Another film I wanted to mention was Sing Street. Yeah, like I love Sing Street. Oh man, Sing Street makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, it's such a nice film. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, I like the eighties. I'm I'm a big fan of the eighties. Um, I like Stranger Things. You know, I like the eighties. And uh, Sing Street was another sort of throwback eighties music and garage bands and um, being Irish. Do you remember what it was like to be Irish? I do. Um, but it'll, I mean, I'll really have to think about it if you want me to come up with some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like to come up with Irish nostalgia on the spot <laughs> it's tough it's tough that was a, a part of my life I guess um, yeah no, I was, uh, did you see Arrival? I didn't as a solid really really fucking I've heard it's really good goes very into the kind of politics of what it would be like if aliens turned up um, while also having this kind of very human existential message but i don't want to spoil too much because i don't no. want to spoil it because you haven't seen it, is it out on dvd i really want uh, to watch i don't it. think so oh, i don't i, I don't wait. i don't believe it is uh and also nocturnal animals did you see that which one was nocturnal animals, nocturnal animals also had amy adams in it oh, i don't think i saw that and one. jake gyllenhaal is that something about a book or something yes yes i don't i didn't see she it. hit her ex-husband or boyfriend her ex-husband sends her a book that he's written and asked her to read it and it's real disturbing and i liked it a whole lot cool i really liked it that's that's just the beer again i don't want to ruin it for you because i really think you should go out and see it um so like a couple of films that maybe like people didn't stumble across all right that i wanted to mention film that i loved a whole lot i know where this is going what is this the netflix one yeah 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 it's Blue Jay. Blue Jay. I still need to see Blue Jay. No one's talks about. I've not heard anyone talk about Blue Jay. But I, I just watched it randomly one night, and like, holy fuck! Like, I don't think that. Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Mark Duplass. That's his name. <laughs> Did that just come to you? It just. It's weird how you me, sing, mate. and sometimes it just comes to you. <laughs> it must have something to do with your Irish days. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Duplass. I don't think has really made a wrong move okay yeah. like he he is focused on all these indie films and he but he does kind of indie, he does a genre film with a with a twist he did a film a few years ago called the one i love okay was it called the one i love let's say it was <laughs> <laughs> with and it, it's it's about you know the premise of that film that it was that it was initially like that it was sold to me was like uh, this couple who's kind of on the verge of breaking up 
take a weekend. Oh, I've seen it on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take a, they take a weekend in this kind of lodge to try and rekindle their relationship, and some weird shit's going on. Some really weird shit, which I don't kind of want to spoil, but it's got a very sci-fi twist to it. Um, Creep was the horror film that he did, which I thought was that is the first horror film in a long time that I went to bed and was like terrified (laughs) and it's not like a scary film it's not like a it's just a film that really it's it's creepy as the title would suggest it gets under your skin like crazy because it's you know the the very basic plot of the film as well is a freelance cameraman responds to an advert this guy's like i need a freelance cameraman for a day i'll pay you i think it's like three grand or something like that for the day he's like of course i'll do it goes out to meet this guy guy basically is like so He's like, I'm, my wife's pregnant with a child, but I've also found that I've got cancer and I'm going to be dead within, you know, before he's he's grown up. So I want to make him a video of me that he can watch as he's growing up and so oh. he can be connected to his father. So this cameraman spends the day with him and as the day goes on, Ooh. you start to just find out some really disturbing things about I'm this guy board. that maybe things he's saying aren't... We should watch it later. I'd be so up for that. See, I, I, thought, I forgot it was a horror film we were talking about and I was like, that's such a, like, yeah, an yeah. endearing film. It's... um. Yeah, just as the film goes on, you start to realize this guy is maybe not everything he's saying is true. Okay. He's got some very disturbing things going on, All right. and I, I loved it. But yeah, so Blue Jay is a new film, um, which he's in with Sarah Paulson. <laughs> Didn't have to sing that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one just came. <clears throat> um, yeah, literally, it's about two high school sweethearts who they they broke up. And it, the film's set about 20 years later. They both happen to be in their hometown at the same time and bumping into each other in a, sh- in a supermarket and decide to spend the day together. The film is very much about... It's just about the the kind of really good feelings, but also the really horrible feelings that can come with nostalgia. Um... Because you and it, you know it's this film you what you watch it and you, this is kind of the the one how I was saying that he does all these films with a twist this one's kind of played very straight like there's no it's not like oh but then aliens show up like it's nothing like that like um it was it, it starts off and it's such a sweet film as you watch this couple try to re, like just recapturing like why they loved each other and you're watching it and you're like why the fuck did these people break up they're so good together like why and then again it's like as things go on you you start to really realize like what happened and the pain they kind of both caused each other and it's a really just devastating conversation film Mm -hmm. it's only two actors in the film except for there's an actor in it who there's a person in a uh, they go to a beer shop at one point and they do something that they used to do when they were kids and the guy at the counter recognizes him but that that's the only it feels very before trilogy Mm, i would say it's it's kind of not dissimilar uh shot in like a gorgeous black and white uh set in this sort of alpine hill like mountain town in california i just absolutely fell in love with it and i think it's a damn shame that more people aren't talking about it because i don't think a lot of people have seen it uh another film that i wanted to talk about which i didn't love but i think it's an interesting film and i think people should check it out which was called i am the i am the pretty girl who lives inside the house right i want to say that was the exact title (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's why don't you Hollywood. try singing it um, or just carry on looking in your file effects literally just again film with sort of one actor um, it was I forget her name but she was in Luther did you ever watch Luther I watched a few she episodes she played the Alice in Luther was that the psychopath that yeah. stalked him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that she was uh, good so basically yeah she, she plays 
she's like a nanny. Uh, no, sorry, she's like a, a caretaker, like a, a caregiver for. And so she goes out to this house way in the woods, and uh, it's this old woman. The old woman doesn't talk or anything like that. And so she basically is living in this house isolated, looking after this mute old woman. And uh, you start to kind of find out the history of the house and that there's some kind of disturbing things maybe happen there. And what I I don't think it's a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's what's worth talking about it with is that. So say you're in the flat by yourself, right? Right, and suddenly you hear. Say you're sitting in the living room, suddenly you hear someone in the kitchen smash. Yeah. You don't immediately get up and like storm through. You're on edge a little bit. Yeah. And maybe you sit for a second and you're like, what is it? And you maybe you'll slowly get up and you'll slowly kind of go through. This film captures that feeling fucking to a T. Wow. It's so, so good the way it's done. Um, Just with simple things, there's a bit where she's on the phone to someone and the phone is suddenly, it's a corded phone and the phone is suddenly ripped out of her hand. And it's just, she just kind of sits and just like stares at it for a second and is just terrified by what's happened. And, uh, you know, there's all these scenes where, you know, you'll hear something and she'll turn and there's just this dark doorway and you're just fucking sitting for ages and you're like, what's going to come through the door? And like, it's, I thought it did that really well. And it kind of, it's just, it's just quite unique because it's only the one character. It's quite unique in the way it tells its story. Really just a disturbing, like I said, don't think it's perfect. Like it's not. I would say it's kind of maybe a three out of five movie, but I think it is worth checking out. Awesome. It's real good. Um, you happy to give, for me to give you just a couple more? Yeah. I like talking about movies. Uh, I watched a film recently called Little Men. Little Men. Which is also on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original, but it is, it's on Netflix. Um, and it's about um, basically the, the these uh, this kid granddad dies so his family move into his apartment and his apartment also owns the shop below it um which is like a clothing it's like an independent clothing shop um the boy from that family and the boy of the the son of the mother who owns the shop become best buds oh they're loving it they're bloody best friends forever but the family decide they want to kick the woman out of her shop oh dear because she can't pay as they can't pay as much she wants so it's very much about the friendship of these two kids when the two families are in a feud together and uh, it's really really good really just well directed and acted i liked it a whole lot um i get i won't there's not really much i can go into because i don't want to ruin things for you but no. uh, i wish i'd noted most of these films down I wanted to oh well i mean you can bloody listen back mate oh uh, yes it'll all be good to listen to our voices though um is that kind of oh and um jim jamush's new movie patterson Okay. Uh, with Adam Driver, who plays a bus driver in a town called Patterson in the movie Patterson. I can't remember. It was, it's mental. Uh, <laughs> basically, just plays a bus driver who, in his free time, writes poetry. All right. Very, very quiet, calm movie. Kind of an ode to just the average man and his day to day. Um, it's so biz- It's such a strange film because you. You, there's things happen that you keep thinking are going to turn into a bigger plot. All right. Someone will happen, you'll be like, oh, that's what this film's going to be about. And it kind of never is. And that sounds bad, but I loved it for that. I loved just, like I said, I loved just the kind of everydayness of it. And just this focus on just a normal man who has this really good creative talent 
but doesn't feel the need to push forward with it in any way. He's quite content with the way his life is. He's got like a really loving uh, girlfriend and like he goes down to his local bar a few nights a week and he's got all these friends and stuff and it's just interesting to spend the film takes place over a week like every every like you see every day like they do the whole like it's monday and tuesday and every day starts okay. the same way and kind of develops and uh, i just liked it a whole lot i would really recommend it i'm on board it's very i mean if you've seen other jim jamish films like he he's not one for a plot he's just bloody likes to let things happen and See, he's he directed Broken Flowers Aye. and uh, things like that. So, I'm yeah. a huge fan of Broken Flowers. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the start of this year, I've caught up on a couple of. I watched a film called Under the Shadow, which I liked right. a lot. Which was from, I want to say Iran. Am I going to say Iran? Bloody drum roll, mate. Is he going to say Iran? Is he going to say Iran? Is he going to say Iran? Tehran. Sorry, bloody almost got there. Well, like terrible um, really interesting like it's set it's a horror film set in the kind of like war-torn city bombs are getting dropped every other day um it follows this mother and daughter who are staying in a flat in the city not only are they dealing with that they're also convinced that they're being haunted by some sort of crazy ghost demon thing um a lot of bloody pressure to put on people mate Aye. uh very kind of babadook all right, esque, which I liked a lot because I, I was a big, I was a big Babadook Duke Duke fan. Babadook Duke. Um, um, yeah, very not not dissimilar to that. Uh, I'd recommend that. I feel like I'm not saying too much about these films. I'm just like, yeah, it was, I saw it and it was good. Recommendations. Uh, and then I guess the Do last last one I watched recently from last year, I watched Embrace of the Serpent. Okay. Embrace of the Serpent. Kind of, kind of chronicles like first contact you know uh not aliens um (laughs) like you know the kind of the western civilization discovering these lost hidden tribes and stuff like that and so it follows two different plot lines it follows the same character but it one when he's a young man one where he's much much older in similar situations where you know the white man comes through and requests his help um navigating uh the sort of where the Am- you know the Amazon the Amazon uh, really really fucking like gorgeously well shot film got kind of an apocalypse now vibe to it okay because it's very much about how like but in both timelines they kind of stumble across places that have been established by the white man that have all kind of just went to shit a little bit uh, I would recommend that cool that but then again that's just stuff like I've seen recently just kind of off off the top of my bloody head, mate. My list, mate. All right. Uh, so, yeah, movies. <laughs> you got anything else you want to bloody talk about? I feel like I could just go on all day, but it's... Um, off the top of my head, I liked Moana. I've Moana was great. I loved Moana. I loved the music. It was just a nice, colourful yep. um, adventure. Uh, there's not really much more to say about it. I just thought it was nice. I think it was just a nice film. Yeah, because I, I wasn't a big Frozen boy. I wasn't a big fan of the Frozens. Because I, I thought it was... W- too close to the Disney formula, Aye. um. But I thought, I just thought Moana was really like it just kind of strayed a little bit more, and I just thought it was really fun and like holy crap, Jermaine Clement as the giant <laughs> crab had me in stitches. Um, no, I really like Moana. I just thought it was nice and colourful. Mm. I I didn't mind Frozen, but I thought this was just 
I thought this was way more interesting. Yeah, definitely. I just um, I just prefer Moana. Mm. I thought it was nicer. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh, any other ones? After all, um, just off the top of your body head, mate. Creed. Fuck me, that was <laughs> January. Creed is one of the films last year that I was really surprised by just how good it was. I agree with that statement. What? <laughs> anyway, yeah, Creed was good. Creed was good. I liked it more because of the. I liked it because of it continued the Rocky stuff. I like. I just think, but I don't think he needed a whole another film. Aye, but I think it's great that he's going to be part of Creed now, and you can continue to learn about Rocky as he goes on. And um, I like. I thought I thought the Creed stuff was great. Don't get me wrong, like fucking amazingly shot. That one take in the in the boxing ring. Oh yeah, fight in the middle of the film, incredible. Thought it was much. I thought it was better handled than I saw. Bleed was it bleed bleed for this, which was the Miles Teller boxing movie that came oh, out okay. this year. Oh, okay, I didn't see that one. Which is good. Again, it's well, it's well crafted. I think my problem with boxing movies a lot of the time is that, regardless of how well made they are, at the end of the day, it always comes down to, did they win the fight? Yeah. Or do they lose the fight? But we, but we all know. We we know that they were the real winners of this fight. We learned something. Yeah, and I also think it's got that same kind of thing with like Force Awakens, where it's very similar to kind of the film it's based on, which I'm fine with. But if they're going to do another one, like it needs to be different. It needs to be its Aye. own thing. It can't just be Rocky Two. Like, yeah, it's like he's going to fight the weird Liverpudlian guy again. <laughs> but yeah, cool. what do you have to say about Creed? I know I I really I'm surprised. Um, I'm not even 100% sure what it is about it that makes it so mm. good because it sticks mostly to formula um, but like maybe it's the subplot of just Rocky dealing with cancer that it's just like just, that engages you um, yeah I'm just, just sort of bored with everything about Creed yeah no it's a great great film I just haven't thought about it since because that was January no it was a long Fucking time hell. ago Creed you was a long time ago um, I guess like we'll, we'll God, we're going to need to wrap up soon because we, we are just met listing names of films at this point. But I figure we've already said pretty much everything off my top 10 except two, so I figure I might as well just mention them. Go on. Swiss Army Man. All right, I didn't see that one. Which was stunning. That film is full, full of fart jokes. Yeah. And full of really kind of gross-out humour. Right. A lot of dick and fart and poop and, and, and boners and all that stuff. But it will also make you appreciate the beauty in something as simple as riding the bus. Oh. like it is it's I, I loved it I thought it was such a great film and I really did kind of going into it I was a bit like is this going to go much further than the gimmick of like whoa Daniel Radcliffe's a farting corpse like ooh, craziness and it really does it so elevates above that um, and has a lot to say about kind of being yourself oh. and you know like trying to figure out who you are and like I said it's just it's just really fucking beautiful film i really loved it um at the first time i saw it i thought the i thought the kind of end and there's a kind of not a twist but the way they, the way it ends i thought it kind of undermined the film's message but then like i thought about it a lot and i was like it actually really doesn't it actually kind of like enhances it almost um but i, I don't want to say anything because i don't want to spoil it for you uh, and the, the last one was victoria Ah, oh, Victoria's one I keep meaning to see. Yeah, well, it's on Netflix now, mate. You got no fucking excuse. Ah, oh, Netflix. I watch on Netflix. Yeah, Victoria's obviously it's the the film all shot in one continuous take. None of this Birdman shit where it's like, oh, it looks like one take. <laughs> I'm talking like 
they filmed this in one night from like four in the morning till about seven in the morning wow. in the streets of Berlin and it's incredible like I think I think I read somewhere that that they filmed it five times maybe and that's the third take okay. that they went with imagine how terrified you'd be if you fucked up like and I wouldn't do it <laughs> aye but um, I guess it's the same in the same oh, they sense love play. For, yeah they yeah. love rehearsed for fucking ages but um just really good yeah basically it's like the woman who has moved to berlin doesn't know anybody one night she's out in a club and on her walk home she kind of bumps into these four guys and they're all having a big laugh and stuff like that and it's all going great and uh they suddenly one of them kind of gets a call and it's this guy who's you know offering them a job he needs them to rob a bank but one of their friends has gotten so drunk that they don't have a driver so they ask her if she'll do it for them okay. uh, so the whole film follows them on this bank robbery that goes particularly wrong <laughs> and um it's just what works with that long take is that you are with the characters every single step of the way so when the film finishes you are as exhausted as they are because you've been through everything with them granted you're just sitting watching it but you've been there like it's not like you know they rob the bank and then they drive away and then the film cuts to them you know entering into the flat like no you watch that entire drive and you listen to what they say to one another and the things they talk about and it's so so well done and i absolutely loved it uh, like it gets a bit some of it because it's one take some things are a little bit clunky there's a scene where she's blatantly not playing the piano <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of you just suspend your disbelief it's like uh-huh. it's so impressive to watch that you kind of just ignore it as like it's just a quirk, it's a quirk of the film uh i would say definitely check that one out even the just the first half hour where you're just watching them hang out like when she bumps into them outside the club and you're just watching them like knock about together but it does it you you get to know those guys so like in that first half hour so much that you'd love them and i we came out and i was like 100 percent half an hour with those guys i would have if they turned around to me and they're like do you want to rob a bank was i've been like fuck yeah let's do it like i love you guys too much i don't want you to hate me like, um so yeah victoria cool i think that's the last film i want to mention yeah 20 bloody 16 mate trump bloody brexit bloody david bowie died <laughs> it's not super great no. but at least we had a handful of good movies because you go at the cinema you watch a movie you just forget about it all watch watch people getting attacked by neo-nazis eaten by sharks Aye. the whole thing it's bloody good what are you excited for next year other than trump's inauguration <laughs> or this uh, year i guess um, that's actually tomorrow as we're recording this tomorrow, that's tomorrow yeah, yeah, the world ends again. tomorrow i don't oh, it's <laughs> just i don't want it <laughs> but it's happening yeah <laughs> it's it like a, a spoiled channel a real, but i don't want this it's a real sense of really why can a... no one stop it <laughs> hey we won't get political here no um what film yeah what films are you excited for next year just off the top of your head right i feel my probably one of my most anticipated films the more i think about it is one that I'm sorry that was <laughs> keep talking daddy <laughs> fuck you oh um one of the films I'm most anticipated about this year is one I don't we don't know a lot about yet but it's an adaption of something that I uh, read and really really loved um is the Dark Tower film oh uh, yeah I've never um, read them the, Isn't it something to do with the film's going to be set after the books finish? Yes, it's good. 
Apparently, that's the that's the rumor that's going to be set no, no, after the that, book. That sounds very alienating to someone like me who hasn't read the books. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, like, it's it's hard to emphasize how interesting that is without spoiling the books, which may end up spoiling the films. Okay. So, but like, it does work. It actually does work. Just. It, but that's kind of a faith thing. Okay. <laughs> you have to believe me that it would it work. work. Um, <laughs> just by the very nature of the film, um, books, it would work if they did that. It's 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 actually makes sense when the the idea of it makes a lot of sense from the book's perspective. But it's hard to mention that without just spoiling no, it. That's fair. Um, but like, I think the best thing about the Dark Tower film is that there the Dark Towers are a huge fantasy series by Stephen King, and there's a lot of shit in it. Like, I love it, but there's a lot of shit in it. Yeah. And it just, I think it's like one of the perfect materials to adapt to get someone who's like a passionate filmmaker and go, let's see what works, what doesn't, and let's adapt it into a film. Because there's so much you could cut out. There's so much, um, but there's so much you could do with the rest of it. And there's so many cool characters and so many cool concepts. There's, um, there's, um, there's so much, there's some meta stuff that books go into that you could just like go, right, we're not going to do that in the film because it goes a bit weird. Um, or you could embrace it and try and find a weird, to have a fun, weird way to do it. There's so much, I'm so, so looking forward to it. Uh, I like Idris Elba. Who, who doesn't like Idris Elba? Idris. Matthew McConaughey is going to be in it. If it's a, you know, because he was DCI Luther in the show Luther. Yeah. If this movie is bad. He might just have to have a little DC cry. <laughs> DC cry. <laughs> because cry uh... sounds like I. Well, you can't say I didn't DC try. <laughs> Come on. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> such a weird little bit <laughs> sorry right you were saying it's gonna be storming towers i'm excited um i i like i don't know if it's gonna be any good but i i hope it will and i feel like it's it'd be such an interesting film to watch as a as a person who's read the books it's cool um it'll be interesting for me to watch as a person who hasn't read the books I, I w- the whole after the books I wouldn't worry about it That that's not a problem at all I forget I heard it <laughs> immediately uh, that's one of the ones I'm most anticipated about um, I'm trying to think there's so much there is so much that's like that does I'm quite excited about I feel like a lot of them are the superhero stuff but, yeah. but that's because there's trailers for them already yeah it's because they're already marketed we haven't got to the point where uh, we're getting to see what independent films are going to come out next year yeah because I'm yeah. excited as fucking all hell for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 I, I'm looking forward to Guardians uh, of the Galaxy 2 I'm, I'm on board for 4 2 4, two, four uh, 3 because it's yeah just basically because the people involved yeah. Aye, there's so um, much talent involved Spider-Man there. looks pretty great I'm looking forward to Spider-Man um, you know like we were talking earlier somebody was saying that they weren't interested because they're like well they've it's like the sixth spider-man movie in the past so many years and i'm like yeah but it looks like it's going to be the first right one though even as much as i love spider-man one and two like it. spider-man homecoming it's coming home it's coming home to marvel right. that's where we are um and then uh fucking logan logan logan's so probably my for... most anticipated i am so buzzing for that film 
he has been playing that character since i was four i think which is insane that is insane like the thought that he's not going to be playing him anymore is just like weird to wrap your head around almost because you just know like he's just intrinsically linked with that character and um so I, i really do hope that if this is a send-off movie, like, I, God, I hope it's good. Like, I, I hope they don't fuck it up. It's just, look, it looks so much more different than um, X-Men Apocalypse, which just felt like a generic superhero film. This one feels so character-focused, and that's what we need it to be, yeah. especially for the last Logan film. It so desperately needs to be character-focused. But it looks it might be, and I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, like, the only kind of... Like, I showed you the trailer for The Discovery which yeah. is the Netflix movie where scientists have worked out that the afterlife is real so people start committing suicide in order to go there and I think it follows some people who have decided not to do that which sounds really fascinating I'm, I'm really interested in that uh, and I also really like the look of Jackie which I think at the time of recording I think I'm going to see that tomorrow when when Trump takes over when Trump takes over which is obviously all about um, JFK's widow set right after his his assassination just looks like i said it looks like it's got the cinematography of a malik film but with more focus on character Character. because his films tend to kind of be about the grandiose of life and things like that Mm. so yeah i yeah but yeah like i said it's kind of all we really know about is the really big movies just now so it's kind of and star wars i'm sure we could yeah i'm looking forward to star wars can't be any worse than fucking rogue one no (laughs) back to the the characters of force awakens i'm looking forward to that Mm, that's it i'm looking forward to seeing what luke skywalker's like yeah Uh, that definitely feels more like star wars to me uh, like it's like even though there was a star wars film this year it just kind of came and went for me when uh, i was like i'm like all about buzzing to get back into episode eight whatever they call it I, I do want to see what they do with Justice League now. In a more of a curiosity way than an actual, I want to see it because I want it to be good. I'm more like, because <coughs> Justice League's going to be their first film where they've like had a chance to really properly look at the criticism for the last two. And I feel like they're probably going to go a bit too far the other way. They're probably going to... like I don't think Justice League's going to be any good, but um, out of curiosity, I'm looking forward to watching it. Mm. Um, I'm sure you're as excited as I am for the Emoji film that's coming out. Are you kidding me? Patrick Stewart's been cast. It's going to be the best thing ever because Patrick Stewart's been cast. (laughs) I want to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, fuck me. Anyway, I think that'll about do it. I know we're 45. I think that's plenty. Yeah. Sorry if that kind of ended up just turned into like listing films. But lots of homework to do. It's good. But. Yeah, I tr- don't want to say too much in case things get ruined and whatnot, but hey, it's all bloody fun and games, mate. Anyway, here's to a year of second opinion ending. Yeah, it's, it'll be our, our year one anniversary this year. Yeah, of yeah. doing the audio stuff, yeah. If we, if we, if we make it to summer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If we, if we actually keep pushing through. Cool. Uh, see you later, everyone. Enjoy. Enjoy 2017. Yep, and eat your J.K. Simmons. <laughs> eat your J.K. Simmons. Thank you. There we go. You did it. <laughs> and I'm gonna. Even if you do change it right there, I'm gonna stop recording so you can't. And even if you do also, and I don't start recording, I'm the editor, <laughs> so I can just cut out the bit where you might say eat your J.K. Whatever the fuck the other thing was. Anyway, goodbye everyone. Oh, bye. bye.